Ben shoots, rebound, score! Stars fans, make DallasStars.com your only place for team news from veteran beat reporter Mike Heike. Exclusive behind-the-scenes content, highlights, and more. Good save. Was it ever? What a shot. Plus, DallasStars.com is your one-stop shop to purchase verified tickets. Cheer on your favorite team all season long. Get in the game and visit DallasStars.com today. It's a walk-off winner. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Well, hello from the road. This is the Podman Rush 15, I believe, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. A recording from the Lux locale that is Santana Row. So this is uh, going to be a commentator chamomile today, if you will. Uh, And we're recording this the day after Pete DeBoer triumphantly returned to Vegas in an absolute beatdown of the club that fired him in the offseason. Stars are now 3-0 in revenge games this year. Of course, Bones returned the favor in Winnipeg, too. So, Mike Heike, you covered it. You wrote about it on uh, DallasStars.com. What was your biggest takeaway of what went down on the strip? Um, The first takeaway and I guess this would be the biggest, is that it's real. Like, Winnipeg played for Bones. Well, the Stars played for Pete DeBoer last night, or yesterday afternoon. I mean, they really did. I, I just felt they, they snapped to attention. They took care of details. They, they were uber-focused, and I think it was all for the two coaches. And, you know, Pete said they did the same thing in New Jersey for Elaine Nasruddin. Uh, so yeah, I, it, it's real. Same thing in Florida. Yeah. I think you mentioned. Yeah. With Marchman. Marchman going back. So, I, I mean, it, it is real. And there, yeah, it, it, there is a difference between I'm a hundred percent focused and, oh, I'm always a hundred percent. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you're always a hundred percent focused. Yeah. I, and, and everything seemed to align for them in that game too. Right. Like, like the stars needed a response from that a craptastic game against Calgary on home ice and that evisceration they took at Madison Square Garden where they gave up a goal in the final second and lost in overtime. Uh, so that was part of it, you know, and, and that helps. The You need these carrots, 82-game schedule, you need some of these to, to hit. And sometimes they just hit at the perfect time. And it just felt like it was a, a perfect time on many different – levels and in different ways you know it was a day game there was no morning skate in in vegas so that you avoided some of the circus that that might have been uh there was no night at the tables prior (laughs) it was a gloomy wet day on the strip horrible yes i think it affected the collective mood of the fans I mean, it's usually such. They tried. I was going to say the in the warm up that you're. They tried, like they were gonna, but but even at the be I remember looking in. around at the beginning of the game, and I was like, "Man, this place, the lower bowl is half empty." Yeah, and I think part of it was it was difficult to get in. They don't get a lot of rain in no. Vegas, and it was difficult to get in, get parked, get into the building, and all those things. It's I think it odd, filled up as it moved yeah, along. Odd but, start time and all that. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's it's a three o'clock game 
it was just like it felt like a day uh, they had to have to wash away all their sins. You know what I mean? <laughs> In Sin City. Yes. Yes. And and perhaps metaphorically speaking, the idea that that they fired a guy that really didn't deserve to no. get fired when you considered how many man games they had lost. Did you hear on our broadcast yesterday? I nailed it with this uh, nugget. The and you may have known this. The last twenty years, there have been eight teams total that have lost four hundred or more man games. Wow! That have gone on to make the playoffs in twenty years. Yeah, like it just doesn't happen. If yeah. you if you lose that many players throughout the year, you know, game in and game out, and you're watching some teams this year navigate that. It's just almost impossible to get into the top eight in your conference. Yeah, the Stars when, did it 2018, 19. Yeah. They did it. But especially when it's top line players or goalies. Well, that's the that. other part of yeah. it. Yes. You know, the players they lost were key players. Yeah. No disrespect to the guys down the lineup, no. but there are some interchangeable pieces in the NHL, can, and there are some that you can't. And the Stars have been able to you know, tread waterish without Rope. Uh, who hasn't been available, and that is, that is a big loss uh, for them. The other thing that that helped. Speaking of that, though, were the knights. The knights are injured; yes. like their captain wasn't available. Mark Stone's a huge part. I, I can't remember the last game that Mark Stone played yeah, against, against the Stars. Stars. He's always hurt. Yeah, uh, Shea Theodore's their Miro Haskinen. He wasn't in the lineup. They they had a bunch. It was it was stacking up against them, and and then the biggest part of it was was Pete and. Steve yeah. and the motivation of trying to get it for them. It was just, it just felt like a, it, it felt like a perfect scenario afternoon and then flight to another locale where they used to be yeah. here in San Jose. Like it was just, it was warm. A lot of warm fuzzies in that. Well, one I was going to say that that's the second part of all this is I don't know Pete DeBoer that well. I mean, we're just getting to know him. Same thing with Joe when he was in San Jose and the love just that they showed for him here after three years, like he was a popular guy. He loved this place. I think they loved him. They went to two conference People finals. like winning. Well, again, you know, and I think maybe some of them thought, well, maybe he didn't deserve to be fired. And then, <laughs> then the new guy comes in and is like, oh, well, maybe this guy's okay too. So I, they have a, an odd uh, ownership group here. I don't want to say just the ownership group, but the decision-making team. And they want to win pretty much every game, it seems like. And so I think that pressure got to Pete. But I don't know. I, I guess the point being is that you respect when other people show their love for someone. Like when we went and saw Joe in San Jose, I was blown away. Because I liked Joe. I thought he was fine. But I'm just like, wow. Like he was their hero. And so, and, and, you know, Pete, Pete earned a lot of respect here. We're in Vegas. Yeah. And here. And here. <laughs> and Florida and New Jersey. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> which is a perfect segue to the, this coach carousel success that is fascinating. Yes. It, it feels almost like a Petri dish <laughs> that's going, you know, it's, it's like, I, I don't, I don't recall the volume of, of coach switching that went on this summer. I don't, I don't recall that happening in past. Certainly don't recall the success rate that you're seeing out of this. Ages ago, though, I will say this. And you may already know this. And you out there may also <laughs> concur. 
Uh, likely on a, a old razor with an edge, this was brought forth. I propose that coaches should get traded instead of fired. Yeah. Well, you can't fire. Remember all the crotchety old gas bags that were GMs? You go, oh, you can't fire all the players. If I could, I would. So, you know, the, the, a good man lost his job it was over and over again. It was just a bunch of hooey, it felt like. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, okay, you like the guy. He just doesn't fit here right now. What you need is the guy over there that they don't like anymore. And he would be, your guy would be a good fit for them. Why don't you just swap coaches? Yeah. And that was very much in the good cop, bad cop era where it was like, okay, we just, we got a hard ass here. Yep. And these players have basically just shut down on him. We need a more player friendly guy. They have a player friendly guy over there and the inmates are running the asylum and they need somebody to come in there and crack a whip. And why don't you just move those two guys and see if it works? And they, they're kind of doing that now. Yes. You know, so that that's part of it. The other part that, that I find just staggering is, is the success rate. So DeBoer is in Dallas. Stars are tied for first. Cassidy is in Vegas, tied for, I think, tied for first or first or thereabouts yeah. in the Pacific. Montgomery... Who who you you got to kind of suspend belief there for his time when he was an assistant in in St. Louis, but it's kind of the same. So he takes over for Cassidy. The Bruins are the best team in the NHL. Bones, you know whatever however it it ended here. Yep, and then ends up taking the job. There were other guys that were ahead yeah. of him in line that were like, no, I don't want to. He takes the job. They're tied for first with the Stars yep. in the Central. Andrew Brunette get, is up for Coach of the Year, and Florida's like, no, we think we need a change here. He goes to the Devils. The Devils are one point out of first. He's not the head coach, right, but, but you and I both know he's doing some coaching yeah. there along with Lindy. And Maurice is in Florida, and they're as, as bad as the Panthers – have seemed, and they were atrocious when they came in and got drilled by the Stars. They're four points out of a wild card. Yeah. And he was the guy who shut himself down in in Winnipeg at the beginning of last year, basically said they need another voice. Well, well the voice they needed apparently is Rick Bonus. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's incredibly crazy. And, you know, the fact that – and they both talked about it yesterday, both uh, uh, DeBoer and Cassidy. And, and basically – the point was there's a lot of good coaches. And, of course, the coaches respect each other, and they all believe they're pretty good. Well, they have their own association yes, now, Mike. It's like the Broadcasters Association. Well, I think it's theirs is different than ours, <laughs> though. They actually have clout and teeth. We vote for the best one of them. See? Look at the power you have. Yeah, not a lot. Anyway, but the point being is they believe there's a lot of good coaches. And then and uh, Pete said this. He goes, and then these teams are good. He goes, the team I left is a talented team. The team I came to is a talented team. You know, and, and I've always thought Winnipeg was. I think their defense is a little bit thin, but they've got a fantastic goalie and a good group of forwards. And Rick was the right guy. I mean, Maurice Go leaves and says, they're not listening to me. And so now you get a guy who is the yeah. ultimate players coach, who of course are going to listen to Rick Bonus. Everybody loves him. He's the greatest guy in the world. It, but you have to have success. Yes. You, you can be the greatest guy in the world and then they lose eight of 10 and guys are... No, I agree not going to have the same belief. 
uh, Bruce Cassidy, the coach in Vegas, was saying it yesterday or the day before the game in, right. in Vegas. And I thought he he articulated it perfectly when he said uh, that we believe as coaches that there's a shelf life. Like none yeah. of us are delusional and thinking you're going to be somewhere for 15 years. What they disagree with the guys that fire them is the expiration date right. on what they have done or are doing there. The only guy that bucks this trend is in Tampa, who's been there for a decade, John Cooper. They And they're not looking to make any changes there right now. The irony of that is that, you know, I think when he – I don't know if it was his decision. It sure seems like it was. But when he sent Rick Bonus away, there was a decision that – Eh, maybe we do need to shake this thing up a bit because it's not doing exactly what we want it to do. Yeah, but that, that it's different. but that's not really. I'm just saying they've had he had sure, his highs and lows. There, there's other places yeah. where assistants get moved around. I'm talking like a head guy. No, I know that's your head guy. That's your main guy. It's the same guy talking to that group, and they they've had their core group for a while, and it never seems to go stale no, there. Right. It's the only place. Everywhere else, you get five years in or six years in, and it's like eh. and. It, just with a little bump. And yeah. they're like, yeah, no, it's no. Well, it's so funny looking at Hitch, uh, Hitch 1, 1.0, and what he did before he got fired. Like, even when he got fired, they were like, you know, 14 or 20. Oh, yeah. Like, he had a great record. But it was just like, no, nah, we're done with him. Yeah. The players don't like him anymore. Yeah. Oh, well, they never liked him, really. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of that, no coach has been fired yet. Wow. This year. Not one. Interesting. And there have been no trades. It's it's like yeah, the NHL well. is playing freeze tag right now. There's nothing going on. Yeah. Like like the product's pretty good. There's a lot of great games. Yeah. The thing that I love the most about it are the comebacks. And no no lead is really safe. And and lead changes. Uh, you know, there's some fascinating stories as far as like Ovechkin and and other things going on. Some teams that are almost unbeatable in. Uh, certain situations in the East, especially the Devils. Devils win every road game they play. Yep. The Bruins win every home game they play. There's a lot of good going on, but there's there's no there are zero transactions. Correct. Like none. Did nobody has space. They can't. I know. Yeah. Like I, I know. Like we're obviously our job is to watch the stars and everything like that. And I think I said this on a previous podcast. They sent Frederick Olafson down to save $4,000 on an $84 million cap. Let that sink in for a little bit about how close they are and how they have no wiggle room at all. Because I laugh a little bit when they, you know, throw out ideas like, well, what would it take to get Patrick Kane in here? Or, you know, who else is available? There, you know, there's players out there, Tarasenko or whatever. And you're just like, I don't know how they're going to pull this one off. Because, you know, they, they don't have... They're trying to save four thousand dollars on a, you know, a minor league. I shouldn't say minor league, but a player who, you know, basically makes a minimum. It's just, and they're not alone. There's I mean, fifteen teams like yeah, that. They're all against the cap, and and I guess that's why it's not a lot of. I I I don't think you should just be making trades for the sake of making no, no. trades, but there 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 are needs in one place and and other. They, nobody can do anything no. about it. It you just have to kind of live it. I think it equal sucks. Equal money for equal money. It sucks a little bit for for fans. Yes. I, th I think the there's always interest in that. All, yes. you know, whoa, what? Hold it. There's a trade. Look at look at the commissioner of the league at the friggin' draft. How he announces yes. that. 
There's we have a trade. He announced it. We have a trade. The whole place goes, ah, oh, Gary, tell us about the trade. You know, like he, he I do. Like it's it's high drama. Yes. In that. And then we get into the season, and there's no, there are no trades. There's right. nothing to report. Just watch the games and hope that your team stays healthy. And uh, if you've got a deficiency somewhere, well, sucks for you. Yeah, you're gonna have to get through it. Yeah. So it's an opportunity for a younger player. Yes. Yeah. Always. Always. Because they're cheap. Yep. Uh, speaking of new thinking and and technology clashing with old school. I don't even know if that was a segment, but I thought I wrote it down, so I'm going to say it. The war on bench tablets. How about this? Torch started it. I know. John Tortorella started this. Starts a lot of stuff. He does in Philadelphia. Uh, but many have have surely chimed in after this. Uh, and I think a lot of others have been thinking it, right? They have to. They they can't you you can't be coaching a group of men, and your 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 head is telling you, okay, have your head in the game, and the game's going on, and their head and their eyes are on a pad on the bench, and they're they're somewhat guilty too because the anything happens, they just stare right. at the floor because there are two uh, enormous monitors right. in the floor of the bench. And with that, they can get stuff fed to them and they can see the last player, ask their their people in the back, Kelly and, and Patty, to fire off some replays to them, whatever they want out there. Um, and it look, I'm not saying there's no uh, real value to the teaching aspect of having yeah. that on the bench, but it's just, it, it, you know what it reminds me of, Mike? It reminds me of, of how we struggle to broadcast games at times yes. right now. That it, it is so fast, they're in such a hurry to get back to the action in that that we we struggled between sponsored stuff and that to actually go and and show you what happened or yeah, I'm not going to say teach but it, it at was least an, explain was an important part of the why game, that happened it? or or what happened for the most part like I joke all the time but I'm like it's the last shot on goal on the penalty yep and then a goal yep and then a sponsored element yep and then the game ends that just uh, you know, like a washing machine rotation of those things yeah. going on. And for them to stop down on the bench, look, uh, how do you argue though with Jason Robertson who lives yes. on that thing? He, t- he told me like after every shift, he looks at it again. And I, I think what's interesting is, and you have to almost do it individually, but like I actually am with torts a little bit as an old man because I'll be sitting on the couch with my lovely daughter, hi Meredith, uh, watching a movie, and she'll be on her device, whatever it is, phone or iPad, whatever, and she'll ask, "Well, what what happened?" They call that second screen. Yeah, second screen. And that's our society. And so then you're like that to me. I get towards going like, "I'm all you got to do is watch the movie, and you'll know what's in the movie." But if you don't watch the movie, it's a it's a little it, bit it's a old little man bit, yelling at yeah. clouds. It, it is, is, but I get what he's saying that yeah. if you, you just watch the game, you won't need this stuff. But then the the individual comes in and uses this stuff and is a better player because of it. And then you're almost like, well, you got to respect what that individual is doing. But at the same time, if you don't look at it, then you're gonna miss that. And that's what these 
age groups. And they, they can do it. They don't want to miss out me, on yeah. it. Oh, they're amazing multitaskers. Yep. Uh, but they don't want to miss out on that. Is that the fear of missing out? Well, maybe. It, it, it's like young people in Instagram to me. Look at I have daughters in their early 20s. I know all about this stuff. I'm an expert in this. Girl dad. Yeah. Uh, some can use it for what it is, and, and they're able to f- filter out the hooey, and it's a healthy tool for their life, you know, because yeah. they can keep up on things and semi-entertainment and whatever else and all that stuff going on. But others get consumed by it. Yes. And they get depressed by it. And it becomes a negative influence, and they miss out on what is actually going on. And that, I, I it's individual, probably. Yes. Like, and, and the in the same vein that it's individual with your players. Yep. Like you can't, I don't think you can do what these guys want to do and what Torts has done, which is just paint everyone with the same brush and say, we're taking it away from all of you. For some guys, it'll be like, great. I never use yeah. it. For another guy, it'll be, I'm not going to say it's like his whoopee blanket. A little bit, maybe. But th- some guys just, maybe they're visual learners or yeah. something. I, I don't know, but they... And they're used to it. They've they've had it or something. There's a like flow that. to anything you do. You, you can't so get the smoke back in the cigarette, right? You know. And, but I mean, like if you're used to doing how you do a broadcast, how I watch it at a, a story, t- at a high level. Well, is you what do. We call that. But I'm saying I don't. I'm not as, at a high level. But like the player has a routine. I mean, they stick to their pregame routine, their postgame routine. So in the game, if the routine is I get back to the bench and I look at my shift, then yeah, you're gonna kind of feel out of sorts if you can't look at your shift but hmm. it is it's individual i think you make a very good point but their argument the, the coaches uh is that there is stuff that goes on in the shift after your shift and the shift after that one that you in in real time yes. in the game that if your eyes are on a tablet and you miss that that that's information that's coming in to your eyes and your head and your brain that you could utilize correct going forward yeah and you, know, you, could, they're, they're, you, you could look at your shifts between periods if you're an old man like me why not go do that is that really going to hurt you to have to wait you know 10 minutes to or 18 minutes to yeah I, I just i i'm 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 completely in the middle of this yeah, thing me because too. i want proof that it's detrimental first because you, you and i and i think most people can understand the benefit of it Guy looks at his whatever happened on that play, and he sees, oh, my God, there was another option over there. I didn't realize it in real time. If that happens again, I'm going to try that. Yeah. You know, So that's real-time immediate feedback. Uh, what they're missing and, and how I – I don't, I don't know that. Again, I think it's a lot of old man yelling at monitors. It is. So. But, but at the same time, you know, I get what they're saying. I get both sides. I'm in the middle like you. I, I, you're you, wishy-washy. I am you're not extremely wishy-washy. I'm going to call this back to Pete DeBoer because what I've witnessed from him is he adjusts to a lot of the old and the new and does a really good job of it so far that I've seen. Well, I think Tortorella has. <laughs> no, I think he has. <laughs> okay. Considering where he was. Yeah. And what he does now. I mean, you have to. Otherwise, he'd be unhirable. Yeah. Well. Uh, but then maybe what's going on is is getting to him and... <laughs> He's had enough of that. Well, it's not just coaches, though. Remember yeah. that video of, I think it was Kreider and uh, Zabanajad, maybe, on the bench. Do you, have you ever seen I, that video? I haven't seen it, but I'm aware so of I, it. I, I think it was Zabanajad. I might have it wrong, but 
But there's there's video, and he's like uh, Robo, like he's in every shift. Where's the where's the tablet? Let's let's look at what went on and learn. Look at that shift or whatever. And I think Kreider is a real old school guy, and there's there's video of him grabbing the tablet out of his hand and just hawking it on their bench. And I was just like, oh, okay, interesting. So it's it's not just uh, guys in suits against guys on blades. There's probably a little bit of that internal within players in that too, especially if a guy's missing stuff, you know, and it, because he's buried in there. But anyway, as long as they keep TikTok TikTok off the bench, I think you can't even pronounce it. I so can't. good I'm try. It. It's Look, a good, it was a good joke though. Yeah, in your mind, uh, it never came through your lips that way. Two more third period goals for the Stars in that thumping of the Golden Knights. Uh, they lead the league in third period offense. They now lead the league in empty net goals, too. They have 13. They moved ahead of Buffalo. So I did a deep dive into the, into the scoring race for just the third period for the Dallas Stars. And what do you think I came up with, Mike? Essa Lindell? Well, he's he's in there. The name's in there, but he's 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 a little ways down. Yeah. Look, it's not a big shock no. as to you know who leads it and what the pecking order is. I think the biggest surprise is how how almost tight it is compared to the overall. Yeah. And uh, and and then one big nugget at the end. So Robertson Robertson scored twice as many third period goals as anybody else on the wow. team. He's scored twelve. Uh, Jamie's got seven, but, but if you look at just points, like Robertson has 19 points, Hints has 18, Pavelski has 18, Ben has 13, Sagan has 12, Haskinen has 10, uh, Mason Marchman with four goals, you know, half of his goals have been in, in third periods, four goals and eight points. Wyatt Johnston has seven points. Colin Miller has seven points Wow. and two goals. Yeah. So uh, you know that he he was a, a, obviously a bit of a surprise in there, but you can understand. I mean, most of the not all of it, but a good combination of it in third periods has been those empty net goals. Yep. So you you need to be on the ice in order to score the, those. I mean, thirteen's a big number. Yes, barely midway through the year, they're they're going to score. If this continues on, they're going to score twenty five, thirty. What was the Lindy record? Wasn't it twenty five? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the franchise record. Like, like they are, they and they weren't taking a lot of uh, darts at the empty net yesterday. No, for whatever reason, they were trying to piecemeal their way out there. But you know, it's funny because that's I think what they did against the Rangers, if I remember correctly, they they kind of passed. They on, failed, is what. They well, did they kind of passed on some opportunities because they didn't want to ice a puck or whatever it was. But it was an interesting third period. Yeah. In that, and well, then they also it, made it felt some, like a departure. I, I yeah. agree with you. Like the last two games, yeah, because and certainly at home, like they, they win a draw and it's going down, right? And they've got some very accurate D men, oh my god, especially from their own zone. Yeah. But here, here's, here's the other part of it. So you have all those names in third period, four players are tied for 10th in third period scoring, they are Hawkenpah, Delandria. Lindell and Suter. There you go. <laughs> and the big one, uh, the is that possibly true note for the team that is leading the National Hockey League in third period scoring? 
that has one of the top five overall scorers in the NHL this season, in both goals and in points. Jason Robertson is the only Dallas star in the top 15 of NHL points in third periods. Really? He's the only guy. Wow. So, you know, they really have kind of spread it around like icing on a cake. Yes. In the third period as they ice the game on some of these opponents. Uh, You, you got out the, it's not even a poison pen. What is it? Your uh, sharp fingernails on your keyboard. Whipping crop. And you put some hands on hot coals prior to the trip. And then what happens? Presto. Oh, Boom. They they were reading it in the locker room beforehand, I'm sure. The the finish side young scores for you. <laughs> you had him in that grouping. Yes. Yoel Kiviranta has now gone to six oh for six. <laughs> six and oh. I know. I like the Cy Young. Can he go the whole way without an assist? That's crazy. That, that's pretty hard. Although we're what, forty five games in? <laughs> Ryan Suter scored. Very Ryan Suter scored. No one keeps Ryan Suter out of the goal column for what forty-five games. <laughs> I think it's fifty something going. Well, if you go la- back yeah. to last year, I was trying to be yeah, nice. trying to be nice. Was it forty-five yesterday or forty-six? Well, I thought it was forty-five, but I could be wrong. Look, nobody does that. Uh, I guess you could thank an exhausted and having a rough day, Alex Petrangelo. Yes, uh, who was really self-sabotaging his way through the afternoon against the. Stars, he deflected half the Stars' four goals <laughs> in the game. And the other two, the Golden Knights had the second assist on. They, Just handed it they, over. They were, they were really lost in how that was supposed to go. Maybe they thought they were still playing for DeBoer. Well, their numbers are very odd, too, in that they are fantastic on the road and not that great at home. Well, they sucked at home I think yesterday. 13, 11, 13, 12 at home, something like that. So I see... A dip in this offense, but some of the slumps are like growing fungus and mold on them. Uh, it, it it doesn't seem like it's an overly catastrophic thing that's going on, but but they're they're not getting goals from some people. Some of them aren't expected to score a lot of right. goals, but but you need to chip in right. a little bit more than what they have. And some young guys, especially, uh, like they're expected to do a little more offensively than what's gone on. A couple of guys are hitting the wall, too. I mean, like Mason Marchment. Yeah. Who came out. A third of his goals were scored in the first two games of the season. I mean, so he's, you know, you're like, "Mm, this guy should be doing a little bit more. Uh, Wyatt's fine. I think he's just. He's he's, 19. We'll get to him in a bit. Yeah, he's fine. You go up, you go down. I I don't mind him at all. No. But, you know. The only thing I'll say about Wyatt. I'm 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 curious to see, you know, because again, like he's a fantastic player. Uh, he he's 19. He's going to get stronger. Not that that he's a, a feeble yeah. guy out there or anything, but I think back to last year with uh, Peterson, it was rolling along. He had a dozen goals, and there was a wall that yeah. he smacked his forehead into, that a lot of first year guys do. Now some it's just a a little a little lull, a little little dip, and maybe this all-star break's going to come at a perfect time yeah. and you can kind of just exhale and then come back at it again on, on the other side. But seen a lot of first-year players in past where they get to game 50, 
somewhere in there, and it's just like, wow, there's yeah. more of these coming? Because you don't – if you come out of junior hockey, you only play 72 games. Right. You come out of uh, college hockey, it's yeah, way lower weekends. than that. Like yeah. it, It's not a lot of hockey, and yeah. it's not what we've been dealing with here where like at the end of this road trip, they will have played, I think, 14 of 19 on the road. They have, I think it's that's staggering. They have nine of ten when they get back home. That that tells you how much they've been playing on yeah. the road. And and the hope or the guess is that some of these numbers will come up when they get back home. But it, you know that's a large assumption. Yeah, but th- that doesn't even make sense because half of the Stars' offense at home has come from two guys. Yeah, Rope Hints and and Jason Robertson. So, uh, but it can it, it can end up being just. One of those sidebar things that that aged dot uh, com writers will uh, use as fodder for one of their articles heading into a, a road trip. Well, I think that what it does is it shows the motivation that uh, the aging dot com writers provide for the million dollar athletes. Wow, you're like a cattle prod. <laughs> I am. You know, you well, you, they're thoroughbreds. You write with a cattle prod, <laughs> is what you do. Oh, they are thoroughbreds. Yeah, and so then I'm going to the whip. I'm going to the riding crop, just smacking uh, them on the ass. Wow. What a powerful <laughs> Can I get that sun bee you are. We're going to have to beep that one out. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it it becomes a, a sidebar. I'm not going to say it's no. a moot point because it is, uh, I mean, it, it creeps up on, on I, I will say this, little. that Pete had check boxes that he wanted to, you know, he list out, laid out at the beginning of the season, and he's checked most of them. That's one he has not. Well, he, he did. Early, did. yeah, but... And then it subsided a little yeah. bit. But it do, it ends up being, again, a, a minor... St- I, no offense to your writing, no, it's fine. but a minor storyline. Yes. When Jake Ottinger is playing like Jake Ottinger. Yes, he, <laughs> he does clean up a few uh, messes there. His road record is nothing short of sensational. Yes. Like, they go... Think of... Think, and it's not it's not just him, but some of these games lately have been mostly just him. Yes. Because they do play pretty good defense on the whole. Like the game the game at the Islanders, they gave up a bunch of odd man rushes against that they just don't do. Right. They don't they don't do that. Uh so that was that was a bit freaky deaky. And he was there to just mop it all up. Uh, I mean, he, the Rangers had plenty of opportunities in that, and he was yep. holding for it for as long as he could. Uh, he, to me, has that that middle finger to his game in hostile environments. Like, and he's admitted before that he loves it. Yep. I can remember from from playing. Like, it it was fun to be that guy because you stand there, yeah. you hear everything yep. as the goaltender. Like when they, and I know these buildings don't go quiet very often anymore because it's just this cacophony of announcers and fans and music. music and bits on the screen and all that. But there are, there are, you can hear, you, you can hear some, some stuff in that. And I, I, I've yet to hear like an otter chant going. Have you? No. Like in a foreign yeah, building? No. It's got to be coming, right? One would think. I had, look at, my my playing days uh, coincided with Daryl Strawberry playing, and so the Daryl <laughs> Daryl chant was kind of in vogue. Yes, and I I heard it, but it, it and it was 
I mean, is lovely to listen to. Yes. Because they're not saying that unless you're doing something. Correct. Like they're not on you unless you're significant. Yes. And he is significant. Man, he's good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the other thing that is interesting in watching in the flow of a game, and this is nothing against Scott Wedgwood, but like you don't see Jake let the other team get momentum all very often at all. And there are times when the other team looks like they should be getting momentum. And so when you come out of the second period and it's one to one or it's two to one, it really this team goes, Oh, we, we need to say, wake up. Did you just say one to one? I say that? Reeve, nine? One all. There we go. <laughs> Thank you for that correction. The, ol- the only one, the, the only thing that just reminds me of of little kids, it's like it was one to two. Yeah. Well, no, it's not, it's never one to two. Could I know be. in your mind it's one to two, Could but be. no. You were down two to one. I, I didn't learn that in grade anyway, in grade seven. Your daughter's gonna be <laughs> mad at me for interrupting you. Go ahead. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> Everybody's mad at you when they interrupt me. And I can't even remember what I was saying. Any anyway, oh, point being is the players also pick up on that. Like they oh, feel yes. they feel bad <laughs> for what they're doing to Jake and going like, oh, we need to get up and, and start playing. And it really it's an effective tool for the coaching staff because they don't have to yell at them at all. Yeah. They're all just sitting there going like Holy crap, we're hanging this guy out to dry. I think Brendan Bauer was trying to interject into our otter chant thing in Calgary. They had it going on. Ah. They were trying to trying to drop a little goalie voodoo on him. That didn't work. Did it or did it? Or I did it? I don't know. That's I don't know. Point. We don't know. Uh I think he's reached that level where teams understand they're not gonna get much yeah you know what i mean like they're they're, like carrie price was was like it's like okay price is playing you're not going to get much yeah you're you're not going to get many cheap soft it'll be a freak show if something like that goes in you just got to understand like if you when you get your chances and it's a a real good chance like you got to bury it like you got to bear down and bury it because you're only going to get a few of them yep and those kind of middling ones he's going to get he's he's at that level and i i think he's that way and to your point i think shooters feel that way yes and i think his own guys understand yeah. that and that's where that that uh, confidence kind of exudes out of the crease like there's there's a serious presence to him when he's in there yeah like he just has every mannerism and the the production to back it up of a number one stud. Yes. And if there's energy in the building, I think the fans feel it too. Like they know, especially at home, but on the road as well, when Jake's on his game, I think it it affects the energy. I love the Stars fans. They they get it yeah. at that. They've always gotten the goaltenders. Yep. They get that. And they've they've uh put the anointing oil on on the guys that deserve it. And he certainly deserves that. That game at MSG was not speaking of that. Yes. The, the environment was was wonderful. Uh, it was like a crushing way to have it tied. You know, I've never oh, seen anything no, like no. that that late. What was it? What was the final? I saw like nine different I, accounts. I put 0.9 because that's what nine I Nine tenths of a second. What, that's what but I... But I saw five tenths of I a know, second. I know, but I saw I saw two tenths of a second. Put the nine on the clock at MSG. 
So that's what I went with. Now, I don't know what they do behind the scenes, but on the clock at MSG. You and your fallacious writing. <laughs> it's me. Uh, they put 0 0.9 on the clock before they dropped the puck. So that's what I went with. Hmm. But I didn't ever see it anywhere documented other than that. Yeah. So I knew it was in. Yeah. Did you? No, I, yeah. When you see it. and We the, were laughing about the old days, though. Yeah. Like, when I, when I played, like, if that green light came on, because you had a guy behind right. you. You had a gold judge behind you. People might not know this. Yeah. So back in the day, the gold judge sat in a, a glass box of no emotion in behind the net. Yes. And he had his little switch. People, some of these former gold judges have come up to me. And they talk about how, you know, they've been they've been wronged and this and that. I'm like, you're not going to get a sympathetic friggin' ear out of a former goaltender. You sat behind me. And every time I made a mistake, you turned a friggin' light on to let everyone know he just screwed up. He just erred. Here, look, donkeys. <laughs> so, so that's what they had that before. And I'm telling you, it was just it was it was reflexes yeah. against because you had a green light and a red light. Well, you still do, and they were attached to the clock. And and yes, and if that green light went off before the. The guy flicked the switch to turn the red light on. There was no digital replay of it in no. that. And they were just kind of, I can't tell you how many times that happened the other way around. Yeah. Where where the guy flicked, you know, it, you were on the road. Puck might have been approaching the goal line. Guy flicks the light on knowing that there's only, you know, two seconds left. And then I would watch the imbecilic referee come over. And have that conversation through the glass with the goal judge in behind there. And you can see that, you know, the goal judge going, no, oh, yeah, no, I saw it. That's it. Goal. Yep. I was like, you, it was like a, a, a two clown, three ring circus that was going on at the end of the rink. And then I'd go and splinter a stick over the bench or something. You know, back in the day, uh, baseball, they just had to trust that the umpire was calling balls and strikes, right? I'm sure that frustrated a few pitchers. Do you think? How about they they're going to nothing but robots in the minors this year? Smart move. Is it? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh so is that it? That's all I got. We done from Tom Holy Shark's backyard? I will say that. Okay, I'll tell my one Tom Holy story. Every time a Cleveland sports Tom movie Holy former leader of the Dallas, Dallas Stars PR department, communications department. Vice president. Now, vice VP of yeah. all that. Now, assistant general manager of Los Tiburones. How does that even happen? How do you move from, like, PR, who cares about PR, to you're an assistant general manager? I don't know. Ask Mark Janko. I know. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Uh, I was giving Stukes a hard time. That's the way, man. Stukes did the same thing yeah. back in Calgary. Uh, my point Can't being, wait for Joe to get the assistant general manager job somewhere. <laughs> it's going to be coming up soon. San Antonio, when the expansion Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anytime a Cleveland sports movie is on, uh, I take a little video of it and send it to Tom and we both laugh and smile. Well, in the hotel room right now is Major League, the ultimate Cleveland sports movie. And I'm going like, you, you did this. You planned this and set this up on my hotel TV. So there's my fun little anecdote. To, well, uh, let's just call it an anecdote. <laughs> we'll let the listeners of the Podman Rush figure out whether it was fun or not. Uh, uh, speak, speaking of fun and all that, and our boy 
Tom Holy, since we're sitting here near Los Gatos. Uh, you can thank me. This is a, a statement, a confessional for me. You can thank me for Joe Pavelski and all that he's done in a star sweater since 2019, Something 18? Like yeah. When did he come? 18, 19? 18, 19. Or 19, 20? I don't know. He was in the bubble, so before that. God, what a mystery the last few years have been. <laughs> so here, here's why. I recruited Tom Holy. Tom Holy comes into the fold. Tom Holy recruits Joe Pavelski. Well, and Joe Pavelski and Tom Holy bring Pete DeBoer here. You're welcome. Oh, circle of life. You're welcome, Stars Land. And here's my toss it on the green egg and walk away questioning to finish this thing up. That's trademark. Don't try now, and steal that. Now, listen. <laughs> listen to this. All of you, put down whatever you're doing. What's more odd in Dallas Stars lore? A 19-year-old rookie living with a 38-year-old teammate or a 21-year-old rookie dating a 39-year-old teammate's daughter? <laughs> Those are two weird things. I, I might go with the uh, second one there. I think that's... I a, might too. That's a little bit how Carbo handled all that. I don't know. <laughs> it's... Married. Yeah, no, it all worked out great. Isn't that... Th those two things have happened. Yes. And it, they seem extremely odd when you think about it on yeah. the surface. And yet, very natural, healthy in the grand scheme of things. Yes, yeah. they made it work. For this franchise. You can see Wyatt just sitting down with a big bowl of cereal next to tuna and watching cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's all just yeah. one big happy family. Yeah. <laughs> back back in the day, there's you know, here's your line mate. Yep. Dating your daughter. What a world, huh? <laughs> Hockey's the greatest. It is the greatest. Dallas sport. Stars hockey is yeah, the greatest. Well, it's better than any other. Yeah. So anyway, we out of here? I think so. All right. Well, this has been an eyes wide shut ish Podman Rush, presented by our friends truly hard seltzer mike bb goodbye you've been listening to the Podman rush with daryl razor ray presented by truly hard seltzer an official production of the dallas stars to stay up to date on all things stars visit dallasstars.com or download the official dallas stars app today Want to stay up to date on what's happening with your favorite team? Now you can by signing up to become a Dallas Stars insider. With Gurionov and Ben and a shot stop, seeing it rebound, score! Get the scoop on the latest team news, exclusive ticket presales, contests, and much more. Delivered right to your inbox. Ran himself right into oh, it. Oh, score! How in the world? Subscribe today and start getting yours at DallasStars.com slash insider.